Welcome to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. This podcast is for moms just like you who want to learn how to glorify God through finding and embracing true principles, discovering and developing your greatest gifts, and using them to serve your family and community. Welcome back to the Mission Driven Mom podcast. I am Audrey Rinlisbacher, author of The Mission Driven Life and founder of The Mission Driven Mom. I am honored to join you today. I wanted to thank all of those who have written reviews on your podcast apps. That helps us to grow and helps others to know what they can expect from us if you've not done that yet. I'd love for you to go and write a quick review or give us, you know, some stars on your podcast app. That would be awesome. I also wanted to let everybody know if you're not in the Facebook group or receiving our emails, you may not know that we are just releasing registration for our event this fall, the MDM celebration. I am super duper excited about it. We've got the page all up and ready to go. And we've got a little video there with highlights from last year so you can get a sense of what it was like. Last year, our theme was Mothers of Discernment, and this year it is Mothers of Vision. So that's super exciting. We're going to spend the day getting clear vision, setting goals, you know, just making it a day away from our families to have full intention about where we want to be headed next as women and as mothers and as wives and, and as members of our community. Get some clarity, set some goals, look at some obstacles, create some accountability, and you'll you'll walk away with an action plan. We're also going to have a luncheon for you. Last year we did dinner. This year it will be lunch, and our award ceremony will be during lunch. You'll get to hear from some students. It's just going to be a joyful day having an opportunity to connect. We'll be putting up some testimonials. There are some on the page, other video testimonials of moms from last year and the things that they loved most about it. Learning principles was huge. Connecting with other like-minded women was something that they absolutely loved. And learning from the great thinkers in history, focusing in on the actions that they can take. We journaled and had workshops. This year, we'll do even more hands-on activities. So it's just going to be a blast. I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to do it again in Provo, Utah. My events planner is there and we have a a big following in the West that our following in the East is really growing quickly, which is super exciting. And in the, in the Midwest and things, but a lot in Oregon, Washington, Arizona, Idaho, Utah, that kind of thing. But women even last year flew in even from other countries. So that was super cool. And we'd love to have you come fly in from wherever you are and connect with us. We hope to offer this in different locations for you. Want to move it to Dallas, where I am. So anyway, looking forward to that. This year, we have a three-tiered payment plan, which I'm also super excited about. You can pay for just the event, the event plus the recordings, or you can add on group mentoring. And I made a little video to explain why we added that. I put a lot of thought into it. It just felt right with this year's theme. It seems needed in our morning inspirations that we're doing in the Facebook group. I've been staying after on Zoom and mentoring around truth statements. That's one of the things that we'll cover this year at the event. And there's just been, for several women who are new to that, there's been a need for mentoring and signing up for group coaching will really ensure that you have long-term success with what you create that day with us. Because we'll spend two months 
We'll get on twice a month on group calls. We'll have a Facebook group. You'll have email access to me. And we'll just ensure that every part of it is worked out and flushed out and you'll have accountability and support and mentoring. So that's an option for you too. Huge early bird discount of 30% off any level for that event. So just go check that out at themissiondrivenmom.com. And you're welcome to get into the Facebook group and ask whatever questions. We have a lot of women in there who attended last year. You can ask them how their experience was and hear from them. But anyway, just wanted to make that announcement so that you know that that's happening. We're super excited about it. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about communication, which sounds maybe like a little bit of a flat idea or something like that. I don't know overly talked about it's pretty much what everybody does in therapy is they go learn to communicate but I ran across this sentence in a C.S. Lewis book I was reading recently and it turned me on to a totally different way of thinking about it and so I just wanted to share some of my thoughts with you today as kind of a jumping off place just some things to think about and ponder in your relationships your relationship with yourself your relationship with God, your relationship with others that I just kind of hadn't thought about before. And hopefully it will give you some insight and some inspiration and some motivation. We could all do a little better at this. So this was the sentence that kind of turned me on to this idea and got me thinking a little bit differently about it. C.S. Lewis said, I have tried to assume nothing that is not professed by all baptized and communicating Christians. And I, it just struck me and I thought communicating Christians, is that how you say communion, that you're taking communion? You say communicating because I know he's not talking in, in the, in the reference that this was in, he was not talking about people talking to each other, like actually communicating. He meant those that were baptized and taking communion, communion. So serious Christians, committed Christians. I just got so curious about all of that that I decided to go look up these words and may, it, it, it brought a connection I had never made before, which was very fascinating. So if you go to the 1828 dictionary and you look up the word commune, um, sometimes we say commune, and it's got a lot of different references, but when you look it up, Before it gives the definitions, it gives the origin of the word, and this is what it says. The Welsh word is by Owen considered as a compound of psi, cy, giving these old Latin root words, a prefix equivalent to co and con in Latin and y-m-u-n. Basically, these are kind of the root concepts. But then it says y-m, noting identity, and u-n-a-w, to unite. So the root word of commune is to unite your identities. Oh my heavens, I started thinking so differently about this when I read that. Some of the definitions were to converse, to talk together familiarly, and to take the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. So then I went to communicate. This is so fascinating. I don't know if you're going to think this is as fascinating as I did, but it's really fascinating to me. 
So the definition of communicate, the first definition was to take the Lord's Supper. Did you ever, I never thought about this before, that the word we use, communication, when we talk about we got to communicate better, we got to talk more, it's actually intimately connected with commune or communion, which is the Lord's Supper, which is like the sacrament is another, another word that's used for that. So then communicate also said to have a communication or passage from one to another to have intercourse between people. And then here was something else that was so fascinating in that 1828 dictionary. All these different concepts are coming at me with this idea. Communicating said imparting, giving or bestowing and delivering. So when you're communicating, you're giving something. You're delivering something, which is why when you commune or you do commute, take communion, you are being given something. You're imparting, giving, or bestowing. So in this sense, communicating is an act of giving something to someone. Isn't that fascinating? So then communion is, the, is fellowship, the body of Christians who have a common faith and discipline. So communion that we think of as the Lord's Supper, the sacrament, the definition in the 1828 dictionary was actually fellowshipping in the body of Christians. It was commune and communicate that were actually the words that communicated, (laughs) corresponded with the Lord's Supper. So I am thinking all these different things now about what it means to communicate that I had never thought of before. I realized after looking up these definitions and putting more thought into it, that we do not know enough about what real communication is. We just don't understand it well enough. We think it's talking predominantly. We've got to go communicate with somebody. We have to communicate better. That means maybe um, listening, Sometimes we think it's tools or tricks or skills. And as a nation, we spend millions and millions of dollars on it in corporate settings, in therapy settings, to try to get our communication right because we think it's talking and listening. Now I'm gonna just, again, this isn't a whole like from beginning to end type of podcast. I'm gonna throw a bunch of ideas at you that I just want you to ponder. And I'd love to hear your comments and thoughts on it and connections that you make in the Facebook group, because that's all I'm doing is just throwing out some connections that I made. So this whole thing made me think communication then, if it's giving something and it's about the Lord's Supper, then it's more about communion. I read this other quote recently by C.S. Lewis that that made me think about this, because as I'm, I'm thinking about communion, commune, communicate, communicating, I just keep thinking about love. So this quote really hit me. By the goodness of God, we nowadays almost exclusively, we mean nowadays almost exclusively his lovingness. And this may be right, but by love in this context, most of us mean kindness. The desire to see others than the self happy. Not happy in this way or that, but just happy. 
What would really satisfy us would be a God who said of anything we happen to be doing, what does it matter so long as they are contented? We want, in fact, not so much a father in heaven as a grandfather in heaven, a senile benevolence who, as they say, likes to see young people enjoying themselves and whose plan for the universe was simply that it might be truly said at the end of each day, a good time was had by all. Not many people, I admit, would formulate a theology in precisely these terms, but a conception not very different lurks at the backs of many minds. I do not claim to be an exception. I should very much like to live in a universe which was governed on such lines, but since it is abundantly clear that I don't, and since I have reason to believe nevertheless that God is love, I conclude that my conception of love needs correction. And I will tell you, and I think I've said this in previous podcasts, when we were putting together level one of the MDM Academy, when I was putting together a book and and it came to me over time, the more I studied these greats, that they were just beings of greater love than the rest of us. And that's what made them great. And that they loved God, they loved themselves, they loved truth, and they loved humanity. And as we're putting together level one, I cannot tell you how many times we just came back to, it's just about love. We don't know how to love. We don't understand it well enough, which is why we chose Scott Peck's definition, the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth, seemed to us the closest definition of what we were trying to get at when we're loving ourselves and others. But ultimately, it is something that we think we get and we don't. We use it flippantly. We use it for a lot of different things. And I think that communication is another one of those words that we don't get. We think we understand what it means and we just don't. We don't look deeply enough at it. We don't understand what it really means. And we're really kind of awful at it a lot of the time. You know, if we think about communication as being extension of communing, Commune is a really sacred word that we often use in talking about the relationship we have with God, that we commune with him in prayer, we commune with him in church, we commune with each other, you know, and all these kinds of things. So ask yourself, how do I commune? What does it mean to commune? How do I involve myself in communion? And I wanna just read you a couple things from Scott Peck that I really loved that kind of have to do with this. He talks about how um, love, the principal form that the work of love takes is attention. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. If we're doing communion correctly, and if we're communing with God in prayer, we're paying really close attention. And that attention is exhausting. He, He tells this story of this man that he was listening to who had all these really incredible things to say that he wanted to learn from. He listened so intently that he was sweating and he was working super hard just to understand what this guy was teaching. He talks about how if we listen enough to our children and well enough, we will begin to understand what extraordinary beings they are. Um, You value them by paying close attention to them, and then you learn that they have valuable things to say, and then you listen to them more as you learn from them more. He says, listen to your child enough, and you will come to realize that he or she is quite an extraordinary individual. The more you know about the child, the better you'll be able to teach. He says, this is a cycle 
It's a creative upward cycle of evolution and growth. Love Value creates value and love begets love. And he goes on to say, true listening, total concentration on the other is always a manifestation of love. An essential part of true listening is the discipline uh, of temporary giving up or setting aside of one's own prejudices, frames of reference, and desires so as to experience as far as possible the speaker's world from the inside, stepping inside his or her shoes. This unification of speaker and listener. Remember when it said um, the, the root word of commune was to unify the identities? He says, this unification of speaker and listener is actually an extension and enlargement of oneself, and new knowledge is always gained from this. Moreover, since true listening involves this attention, a setting aside of the self, it is temporary involves a total acceptance of the other. And then this other person feels your total acceptance and you can commune. True communication where you're giving something. You know what you're giving? You're giving yourself. You're giving your complete attention at acceptance because you've put aside what you want them to do and who you want them to be and what your expectations are of them and of the situation. And you're really giving them the gift of your attention and valuing them and your unconditional love. You're communing. Your identities are becoming unified. It's so beautiful. Um, just a little bit from Covey on this. The key is to genuinely seek the welfare of the individual, to listen with empathy, to let the person get to the problem and the solution at his own pace. Children desperately want to open up even more to their parents than to their peers, and they will if they feel their parents will love them unconditionally and will be faithful to them afterwards and not judge or ridicule them. There's the, that's one very important reason why technique alone will not work. The kind of under, this kind of understanding transcends con technique. We need to have skills, but let me reiterate that the skills will not be effective unless they come from a sincere desire to understand. I am talking to myself as much as I am talking to anybody else. I am striving so much to be better at this. And these insights have been really helpful for me just in the last week or so that I've really been pondering it, that I need to better understand communing and communicating, making sure that my, in my communication, I am set up to give something and not take something, that I am trying to unite my identity with someone else, that I am trying to genuinely hear that I am valuing them, that they are receiving from me unconditional love and acceptance. And all of that happens before I even open my mouth. And that when I'm thinking about communing with God, I'm thinking more about the attention that I'm paying. And, you know, if we all made this connection about communion and communication, and we were thinking more deeply about connecting and loving in this way, oh my heavens, what a better world we would live in. 
the last connection that I made about this, um, I, I just wrote down some questions that we can ponder. What if when we said communication, we thought of communion? What if we thought of imparting, bestowing, and giving? What if we thought of real love and our need to learn more about the true nature of love? That is a major objective in the MDM Academy and in everything we do at the Mission Driven Mom is as individuals who are running the programs and doing any mentoring of any kind, we are trying to be better at loving and we're trying to help everyone, all of us, become better at loving. Now, the ultimate question is, why do this? Why commune with each other? Why communicate in ways that are so affirming and all accepting? I'm going to read this whole selection from C.S. Lewis. This is actually taken from three different books that I'm, um, or two different books, I guess, that I'm quoting from, on, uh, from him. This one is from Weight of Glory, and I made this connection yesterday as I was finishing my notes for this podcast um, about why do this, why put in the energy, why strain ourselves to pay attention to the point where it hurts and it's hard and we're giving everything we can to it. This is what C.S. Lewis has to say. It may be possible for each of us to think too much of his own potential to grow, to be full of glory hereafter in heaven. It is hardly possible for him to think too often or too deeply about that of his neighbor, the load or weight or burden of my neighbor's glory. That glory that he's referring to is their ability to be um, with God in heaven, their ability to um, become who they were meant to be. The weight or load or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid on my back, a load so heavy that only humility can carry it, and the backs of the proud will be broken. It is a serious thing to live in a society of potential gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you can talk to may, be, may one day be a creature which you would be strongly tempted to worship or who else might be a horror and a corruption such as you now would only meet in a nightmare. All day long we are in some degree helping each other to one or the other of these destinations, to heaven or to hell. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. It is immortals who we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. We must play, but our merriment must be that of, be of that kind, and it is in fact the merriest kind, which exists between people who have from the outset taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. And our charity must be a real and costly love, and our feeling for the sins in spite of which we love the sinner, 
no mere tolerance or indulgence which parodies love as flippancy parodies merriment next to the blessed sacrament itself and that same connection again I couldn't believe it when I went to this source and read this and he made this connection that I was just barely keyed into in this other book next to the blessed sacrament itself your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses I think we have a sense of this when a new baby is born and we're keyed into the best place inside of us and we realize that we're holding something truly holy sorry I got so emotional today <laughs> um, these are truths that um, I need to remember and I think would be good for all of us to remember that those that we love and those that we hate have great eternal potential and they are holy beings and children of God that we must strive to better commune with. And I hope that you'll ponder this and share your thoughts with us in the group so that we can continue this discussion of being better at communicating through communing. Thanks for joining me today. If you don't have your free copy of the audiobook, The Mission Driven Life, please head over to themissiondrivenmom.com and grab that. Please share this out with those uh, that may benefit from it that you know. And join the Facebook group if you have not. We will see you there, and I will see you next week.